Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR, 8.55am, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Lauren and I'm here with Terry in the studio and today we are going to be talking to Cheryl, Kim and Tony who will be undertaking the Camino Trek in August, raising money for mental illness. So my fellowship has partnered with three avid walkers who will undertake the El Camino Trek, the most famous pilgrimage around the world, to raise money for mental health and the impacts of mental illness on individuals and families. My fellowship supporters Cheryl, Kim and Tony will embark on one million steps for mental health in August of this year, commencing their 500-mile journey from the French Pyrenees to the northwest of Spain. The Camino is a network of routes across Spain and Europe which will lead to the Santiago de Compostela, the capital of northwest Spain's Gallica region. In the Middle Ages, these routes were walked as a pilgrimage to the tomb of the Apostle St. James. People from all over the world with all kinds of motivations, sport, culture, religion, nature, adventure, undertake the Camino. Many embark on the Camino as a walking retreat, a spiritual adventure to remove themselves from the puzzle of modern life. Thank you for joining us today, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, can I ask, uh, what are your personal connections to mental illness? Have you, um, what made you decide you were going to donate any funds raised to the Mental Illness Fellowship? Uh, Tony, you might like to begin? Uh, Well, we all met each other on the last uh, time we did the Camino in 2014, and in walking, uh, just you talk about things that happen in your life, and we all discovered that we had uh, issues within our families that, uh, or some of our families that had mental health issues or a mental illness, and uh, from that raised an awareness. And it was, I think, Cheryl who um, suggested maybe we should do this again, and uh, uh, for, for for a cause. And uh, in my fellowship was what sort of spurred us on to do it for that. Fantastic. Cheryl, would you like to add anything to that very interesting outline? Um, well, look, I think Tony's probably said it in a nutshell, really. Um, I certainly have had experience in my family of um, fairly significant mental illness, and I know what a great challenge that it can be to individuals with a mental illness, but also to the families and carers um, who obviously want to see the best opportunity for, for that person that, that, that can be possible. And, uh, and I guess we're really aware of the stigma and the um, disadvantage very often that people can experience when yes. they have a mental illness. Yes. And so it just seemed to us that, you know, a really good um, focus for doing the Camino and, you know, helping to raise some awareness and some money, but awareness and, and helping to try and destigmatize the whole issue of mental illness. Yeah. Thanks Cheryl. And and Kim, would you like to comment on how you were drawn into this? Uh, I guess I was drawn into it, uh, as you said earlier, through personal experience in family, with family and friends who yep. have um, experienced mental illness. And I've had friends whose uh, children as teenagers uh, suicided. Um, myself, I experienced postnatal depression after my second child. 
Um, interestingly, that whole thing around stigma, I don't talk about it. In fact, I've, this is the first time that my, um, through this, that my daughter even knew that I experienced that. So that was very interesting. It was something mm. I always kept to myself. But, um, you know, the Camino has a way of weaving its magic, for want of a better word. And, and I really believe that people who come together on the Camino do so for reasons that are never fully understood. And for whatever reason, the th three of us um, have a connection. And we just thought, wow, imagine experiencing the Camino again, but then also doing it for something bigger than ourselves. Whilst, yes, we'll have an amazing time when we go back. Um, but it's more about, well, what can we do to raise awareness about mental illness and the, uh, the need for, for better mental health worldwide? Kim, yeah. yes. Thanks so much, Kim. And um, how are you going about raising money? How are you linking the raising of money to the trek? Have you, have you got sponsorship from various organisations or how friends and family? Well, one, one of the things, our, our first um, idea was around the, the fundraising. And when we approached the Mental Illness Fellowship, they were obviously very interested, but that they were more interested um, in how we can help raise awareness about mental illness um, and, and to promote um, the opportunities that people with mental um, illness really need to have made available to them. Mm -hmm. and, the, and personally, the great work that I see that the Mental Illness Fellowship actually does, you know, they do some absolutely outstanding work out in the community um, in various different ways. And um, I just think that uh, organisations like that who are doing that kind of work just need as much promotion as they can get yep. because a person with a mental illness or, or family members, often when there's a diagnosis made, have very little knowledge of what's out there outside of the medical model, you know, the doctors, the nurses, the mental health clinics and so forth. But the extensive social support and everything that's available through organisations like MI Fellowship, often that information comes much later. And I think we really just are trying to do the best we can to get the word out there that there's a lot more support available to people. Um, and the MI Fellowship is really a, a great mm. example of that. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank yeah. you. So you've walked the Camino before. So mm -hmm. do you want to tell us a little bit about what it was like the first time? Uh, Kim? Um, <laughs> you, you can all have a go at telling no, us about it. We've only got about five minutes, haven't we? So, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, the Camino for me, uh, so I can't speak for Cheryl and Tony, for me was uh, the most amazing thing that I've ever done mm. in my life. It, it's a privilege, I guess, to give yourself that time to walk and to walk, you know, 850-something kilometres where you are walking and you are thinking and you're processing and you're meeting amazing people. Um, you know, there's not many people who give themselves that time. So very, very fortunate that I have a family to, who supports me in doing that and particularly going back a second time. I have lucky that my husband supports me because <laughs> he doesn't come. But, um, look, for me, I guess it was just the opportunity to really go deep that soul searching that you come back a different person and you see everything well I saw everything differently and I saw people differently I saw my life differently and it was it was 
as if I'd been cleansed of all the toxicity of my life, really, just from walking for wow. six weeks. Yeah. It was like I felt like I was a new person, new cells, new everything. Mm. Yeah. Tony, how many kilometres were you walking every day to do it in six weeks? Well, the average uh, is 22 k's and uh, we booked our accommodation ahead of time so we, we had somewhere to stay. Uh, so And some days we did more, some days we did less. I think our biggest day was 30 plus ki- uh, mm. kilometres. Um, I think our smallest was about 14, so it was a nice lazy day. Uh, but <laughs> I, I found the, the commander for me was divided into three individual parts. The first third was really physical, getting over the physical pain of walking every day and getting the muscles used to it, used to carrying your pack uh, and all of those things. And then the next section was in the, the getting your mental state, getting your headspace about getting up every day to walk and all of those sorts of issues. And I found the last part quite, for me, quite spiritual, uh, not necessarily in a religious way. I am a religious person, but I didn't do the Camino for a religious reason. Um, I did it for my own satisfaction, my personal satisfaction. But I think that last third for me get, got you ready for uh, coming back renewed. If, once mm. you get to Santiago or to Finisterre, where we, we're going to, which is uh, in <clears throat> at the end of the earth in uh, before Christopher Columbus's time, um, it's quite uh, quite an, uh, an uplifting experience getting to that point where you've walked all that way and you've got to the end, and it just there's nothing else after that. So, mm. uh, and then I came home feeling refreshed everywhere, like mm-hmm. like uh, like uh, Kim. Mm. Do you want to talk about your experience? What took you there and um, how yeah, you experienced it's, it, it's, Cheryl? Um, it's, an, it's an interesting question because when I first decided, I, I'd actually had a health scare back in 2013 that, that appeared to be quite significant and fortunately turned out to be not quite so bad. Um, but walking the Camino had been on my bucket list. So I decided that given that I'd got this get out of jail free card, <laughs> I was actually going to go and, and do it. And I had no particular reason um, and I had no expectations of what walking the Camino was going to be like. I just knew that I, I needed to do it. And I think, you know, what Kim and, and Tony have said, I can only echo. And, and other people that we've spoken to that have walked the Camino, and in fact there's some good movies that have been out over the past few years of people who have walked the Camino and they all say exactly the same thing regardless of their intention at the very beginning they've all finished the Camino feeling a sense of almost rebirth and it's because you're up and you're physically walking every day you've got nothing to think about other than the walk that you're going to do that day and you spend a lot of time in your head a lot of soul searching and a lot of challenging you know what's it all about and that sort Mm. of stuff and you just come, you, you get to the end of that and you think, you know, all your priorities in life have somehow shifted. Mm. And it's a really fantastic mm. experience. And anyone who thinks of doing it, you know, you just need to leave yourself open to it and just mm. see what it does. Mm. Mm. Sounds very, very interesting to me. Yeah. But the thought of 30 kilometres a day, mm. oh, with a pack on your back. Mm. <laughs> well, it does take a bit of yeah, getting used to. Yes. Mm. Uh, and again, uh, with your sort of pack on your back, well, how much do you really need? Mm. I mean, you don't need a lot of things. I mean, yeah. if you've, you've got a meal at the end of each day waiting for you, as we, we'd organised, we'd pre booked. Uh, but each place you stay, there's lots of places you can buy food. So you don't have to carry all those things. So you really need the basics in your pack. So you don't 
carry everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's enough carrying your burdens of, of, of your life in your, in your brain, let alone carrying things on your back. And I think that helps as well. Thanks so far, Kim, Cheryl and Tony, for telling us about the Camino Trek that you're taking in August to help raise money and knowledge about the mental illness, My Fellowship. Um, now, the Camino Trek is really extreme. You've been telling me that you've been taking 30 kilometres a day and that an easy day is 14 kilometres, all with a pack on your back. Why aren't you just trying to raise money and awareness back here in Australia? What's drawing you over to the Camino? Oh, that's a good question. Um, uh, and unless you've actually done the Camino, it's a bit hard to describe. Look, I, I think it's the... the um, the re- mental refreshment that we got last time that we'd, we'd like to do again and hopefully in this process we're doing now get other people to think about that as well. It's not just the community. There's lots of other places around the world you can do this but um, and we need to get away from the hustle and bustle we do every day, uh, the, the, the reliance on mobile phones and all of those things that go with that and, 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 and the internet and all of that. Um, is so much of that in our lives that, are, that is making us uh, blind to what's really inside us. And more and more people need to do something like the Camino, I think, not necessarily the Camino, but something like that to refresh their minds and to, to get back to what is the reality of life. Mm-hmm. I think if I can sort of jump into uh, going to that question of why drawing attention to the MI Fellowship and mental illness, etc., this way rather than you know, standing on a street corner with a can and raising money like that. It's a, good, it's a really good question and it's made me stop and think and I think probably part of the answer for that is, you know, we live in a really, really busy world and we live in a world where there's an extreme amount of need around the world for all manner of different things and I think it's... I know that I get approached to make donations to things regularly and I'm sure every one of us here is, is is having that same sort of experience and you can't say yes to everything because no. everything is valid and everything is is worthy um, so how do you actually draw attention to something specific in the midst of all of that and that basically it needs to be something different something that mm. catches a person's attention and, and catches mm. their interest and we kind of figure that well you know this is a way that we can do that Mm. It certainly is. I I might just add to that. Um, For me also, when I was walking the Camino the first time, there were days where I have to say that my mental health was in question because of whatever was happening for me in my mind or physically and sometimes it can get too much and you think, why am I doing this? I'm away from my family, I'm away from my loved ones um, and I'm going through this pain and suffering, you know, in inverted commas, why am I doing this? Why, why? And it's always this why, why, why? And I guess for me, the, the connection between um, supporting an, organi- an organisation such as the MI Fellowship, yeah. the link for me is very much, well, I'm going to be experiencing that mm. all over again mm. and, and maybe even deeper next time because, as we've all said, you come back cleansed in some way, shape or form. So next time we'll go deeper. So I'm expecting that my mental health, there'll be more hard days, really, really hard days. And if I can, um, I guess, have an empathy with that and uh, be able to communicate that through the blogging that we're doing. Yeah. You know, I think, it, as Cheryl said, it's actually like a point of difference. It's like I'm putting my, we're putting ourselves out there 
you know, we're taking two months out of our lives to do this. Yes, we'll get benefits. And we equally believe that by doing this, the MI Fellowship and their customers and the people who use their services will equally benefit. Yes. Um, and if we can sort of walk in their shoes a little bit, I think that's very powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So you were telling us before the break um, a little bit about some of the things that you really loved, like some of the people that you met. So do you want to tell our listeners just about anything that really spiked your interest about being there the first time? Um, just anything. Really? Uh, yes, I can. Well, I'll very much starting first, but uh, I was amazed at the number of different people we met. People from all over the world, all walks of life and ages, uh, and I think we were talking about earlier the, the um, in the break the uh, uh, the oldest was eighty, and uh, 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 Gordon he, was, he he beat us all. He was really fit, uh, and the youngest was uh, uh, seven. Uh, she and her brother were there uh, walking alone. We thought until their mother came up behind <laughs> from Queensland. Uh, so all ages in between and all walks of life, and some really interesting people. Um, I remember Lady uh, Ava. Um, She's from uh, Bavaria, and she was walking the Camino and writing a book about the medicinal value of plants on the Camino. Uh, little things like that. I mean, and uh, just uh, I, I remember meeting, meeting the people from Denmark, and as soon as I set off from Australia, ah, we love Mary. <laughs> ah. I mean, things like that. I mean, but there's lots and lots of that sort of thing. And Mary be- no, no, no. Princess Mary. Princess Mary. Princess Mary. <laughs> from Tasmania. But maybe may named after Mary McKillop. <laughs> Because there was a lot of Scottish blood in Mary, the Danish Mary. So, I mean, just amazing uh, variety of people and their their experiences. And they all all had the same, (laughs) because they all had the same uh, objective as walking to Santiago. Um, They, uh, everybody was lovely, everybody was nice. Mm. You know, there was no nastiness at all. Mm. Mm. I think that's, that's one of the things that often gets mentioned when people talk about the, the Camino and pilgrims, what it is to be a pilgrim, which is basically anyone who walks the Camino, um, because obviously it has its origins in being a pilgrimage, uh, is that everyone there, we are all the same. It's mm. a great leveller. So, and mm. everyone is there helping one another, assisting them in whatever way they can to get through the day or whatever it is, because, you know, every day is not an easy day, as you could imagine. Mm. Um, and, and I think one of the things that I was really struck by was what a great leveller the Camino is. And we met people not only in terms of different ages, different um, countries that they came from, but, you know, you'd be walking with a lot. I remember one day walking with a guy from America, just a young chap, and he lost his job. He was sacked. He, he, he was earning $9 a day as a mechanic and he asked for an increase to $10 and he got sacked in the process. Mm. So he decided he'd just take himself off and walk the Camino. By contrast, we worked with people who were doctors and lawyers and, you know, but they're all, at the end of the day, they're all pilgrims. They're all just there walking the Camino for whatever mm. that that means for them, you know. So, um, mm. yeah, it was like this big, big family, a pilgrim mm. family. Mm. 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 Yeah, I agree. It's the people is that's definitely part of the experience. And I remember I met this uh, two Spanish men, probably late twenties, two brothers, and one of them had an intellectual and physical disability, and he was the older of the brothers. And so the younger brother was walking the Camino so that his brother with the disabilities could do it, and they were doing the entire 
pilgrimage and they happened well the brother who wasn't disabled he spoke English so we had a great half hour chat while we were walking again as Cheryl said it's a great leveler it's very humbling I met actually I met three or four people with some form of physical disability who didn't care they were doing it against the odds even if they only walked four kilometers a day they were hell-bent on walking the Camino and you know on, on those days more often than not I'd have these really weird first world problems going on in my own head and then I'd meet these people and the Camino has a way of just saying holding up a mirror and saying really is that what you're worried about because look at this or is this what you need because here it is in fact one of the funniest experiences Cheryl and I really needed a chair we were tired we were saying, god I wish there was a chair around here oh there's just nowhere to sit and we'd already walked about 18 k's or something and Lo and behold, 10 metres down the path under a tree were two chairs, but neither of them had the seats in them. And I remember I had to take a photo of it. It was a classic. So the Camino had provided these chairs, but they were certainly unusable. Another day I was having a particularly Careful tough... what you ask for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and another day I was having a tough day and I came out of the loo and I said to Cheryl, God, I just need a psychologist today. And anyway, lo and behold, half an hour down the road, uh, I met this woman whom I'd heard about across the whole four or five weeks. People were talking about this woman. I'd never met her. She's an Australian lady. Turns out that she became my psychologist for the three hours I walked with her. She's not a psychologist, mm. but she became my psychologist. Mm. And that's it's just amazing, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and you're all going um, separate from your partners. You haven't persuaded your partners to accompany you or...? Well, they're staying back looking after the family or how's mm, that working My out? husband would just rather stay at home, even right. though he would love the culture because he likes to drink and, uh, drink and smoke and stay up late, but he can't <laughs> be convinced. So, uh, no, he's not coming. Mm. Anyway, that's his loss. Uh, I would love my wife to be able to come with me, but unfortunately she's not physically able to, to do that, uh, but she'll be there with me in spirit. So, mm. yeah, so... And, and reading your blog. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And that'll be the big thing. I mean, uh, the, the travel blog will be the way we're communicating really back to everybody here. Uh, and that's, uh, we're letting all our friends and family know that this is the way to follow. And, and that'll be also the path for them to read about MI Fellowship and also about uh, how to to support the organisation. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. So do you have a link to that blog or something? Because we can put it up when we put the podcast up if, you, if you'd like to share it. Or Yeah, it's on the MI Fellowships news page. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll make sure that that's put up when we put up our podcast so that everyone, if they want to read along, they can. Mm. Um, and if people want to donate to MI Fellowship as well, they can do that from MI Fellowship's website. Um. Do we have any other Well, I was questions? just going to ask, um, Spain is a devoutly Catholic country and it's a pilgrimage where you finish up at St James's tombstone, mm. I think. Mm. So where, um, where does the Catholicism come into it? I'm hearing about the walking and pre-booked accommodation. Mm. Do, does the church um, contribute in some way to the experience? It depends on... on, on Sorry. No, no, go. It depends on each individual. Um, mm. And um, because there's so many different cultures 
go on uh, and religions go on on the, on the, do the pilgrimage. They don't always do it as a religious pilgrimage. Yes. Um, the churches are there. I mean, there's, uh, uh, this is this is Spain from from many hundreds of years, and the churches are very Spanish ornate churches. Um, there's there's services at every church uh, in the evening. For they have a called a pilgrims mass, and the, and and you get a pilgrims blessing at the end of each mass. And uh, not everybody goes to those services, um, and not all, all, all Catholics go to those services. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the church. Um, uh, still encourages people to do a pilgrimage, um, but it's uh, it's it's not the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think historically, you know, it was a pilgrimage, um, and initially, of course, it was a Catholic pilgrimage. Yes, but of course, that's been followed up by Anglicans over the years, mm-hmm. and then you know, people who uh, were neither of those. But today. Today, it's almost irrelevant, mm. really. Mm, yeah. it, it, that's the history of it, but it's not necessarily mm. the present mm. day. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And the other way, uh, just to add to what Tony was saying about the churches and the, the services that are offered for pilgrims, um, a number of the albergues, which are like hostels, are run by um, mm. like either in a convent or a monastery, and they're called donativo, where you just donate what you believe the accommodation is worth. And if you can afford it. So it's very much based on the original um, ethos of being a pilgrim where you didn't have money. Mm. Mm. And you were really often maybe begging or uh, just living on what you could get. Mm. So that's another way that the church continues to support Mm. the pilgrimage and Mm. pilgrims, whether they're Catholic or not. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it sounds like it collects a lot of different people from different walks of life who Mm. all are completing the Camino for their own personal their reasons. Own. Yeah. 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 Well, that's really, really wonderful. Mm. And that's all we have time for today, everybody. A huge thank you to Cheryl, Kim and Tony for coming in today mm-hmm. and sharing their journey with us. And we wish you all the best on the trek. Thank hope you. It, hope thank it goes you. well for you. Thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> you can catch more of our shows at our website, brainwaves.org.au, or you can find our podcasts on the 3CR website and on iTunes. If you want to get in contact with us, feel free to email brainwaves at mifellowship.org. We'll be back next week for a new episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.